Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 two man car. Uh, month of October. This is the month of dedicated to the Holy Rosary Catholics. Uh, take up your spiritual weapon, as St. Padre Pio says, and pray it every single day. Also, today is the feast day in the new calendar of St. Anthony Mary Claret, Bishop of Cuba. Pray for us. <clears throat> uh, here are the topics today on the rundown. We want to talk about the St. Gallen Mafia prelates. They were named by suspected Freemason Cardinal Baggio. Also, on the rundown, we want to talk about Whoopi Goldberg is praising Pope John XXIII and bashing the Latin Mass. What's that all about? And we also want to talk about the, the Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem who's offering himself to be exchanged for hostages held by Hamas. I have some things to say about that. But uh, <clears throat> I can tell you something that uh, is very unique about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Of all the Catholic radio networks out there, and there are many, no radio network has the Bishop Strickland Hour, and no radio network has a weekly show with Father Charles Murr. Father Charles Murr wrote a blockbuster book, and he's on our network. It's called Murder in the 33rd Degree, the Vatican Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Father Charles Murr was a priest from the Diocese of New York that got canceled because uh, he was the whistleblower. And as a young priest in his 20s, he was, uh, he was the Vatican diplomat. He worked in the Vatican right out of seminary. And he worked for some of the great uh, Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Kafara. And so he saw things that uh, perturbed him, disturbed him, and he took note of them. And I thank, uh, thanks be to God that a few years ago he wrote this book, which everybody's talking about right now. Every, every Catholic in the know is talking about this book, Murder in the 33rd Degree, The Vatican Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Without embracing this thesis of his that he proves that the Vatican's been infiltrated by Masons, nothing makes sense in the church. Nothing. You're going to go walk around scratching your head all day unless you red pill and say, wow, this priest, Father Charles Murr, uh, he really gave me the information that not everything makes sense. So the article says, Father Charles Murr drew a link between Cardinal Sebastiano Baggio, who's accused of being a Freemason, and the formation of the St. Gallen Group. Father Murr claimed that, that all the bishops and cardinals that originally formed the St. Gallen Group were named by Cardinal Baggio. Father Murr is a book author, close friend of Pope Pius XII's housekeeper, Mother Pascalina, and an insider to the 1978 Vatican investigation into ecclesial Freemasonry. This comment, which was not further explained, makes more sense in light of Father Murr's own 2022 book, Murder in the 33rd Degree, the Vatican Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Father Murr was a close friend of Cardinal Edward Gagnon, one of the good guys, who had been tasked by the Pope to investigate the problem of Freemasonry within the Vatican hierarchy, and thus is privy to some of these internal findings and debates. He describes in his book how in, in, in 1974, two cardinals, Dino Staffa and Silvio Odi, presented Pope Paul VI with documentation 
about two Vatican prelates. These two men, Cardinal Sebastiano Baggio and Archbishop Anibal Bugnini, were accused by Cardinal Adi and Cardinal Staffa with proof in hand for being active Freemasons. And of course, uh, Pope Paul VI didn't do anything about it. He just kind of like uh, turned a blind eye to it. Cardinal Baggio was prefect for the Sacred Congregation for Bishops from 1973 until 1984, and as such, had great influence over which clergymen were chosen as bishops and often subsequently cardinals. Uh, Liz Yor, a very uh, Catholic lawyer and a judge, retired, has done her own research in this matter and found out the following with regard of several members of the St. Gallen group. Liz Yor wrote the following, quote, These are the St. Gallen group members who were appointed bishops when Cardinal Sebastiano Baggio known Freemason, was head of the congregation for bishops from 1973 to 1984. The list of the St. Gallen group can be found on Wikipedia, and here are listed those bishops who were picked during the time of Cardinal Baggio. They are Cardinal Mar- Carlo Martini, who, by the way, uh, you'll see later on in the article, he's spiritual mentor to Pope Francis. Cardinal Ted McCarrick, uh, the sexual predator, serial sexual predator. Cardinal Godfrey Daniels, Cardinal Carl Lehman, Cardinal Achilles Silvestreni, Cardinal Murphy O'Connor, Bishop Lubomir Huzar, and Cardinal Jose Policorpo. Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. We could add the Cardinal Basil Hume, who was a key member of the early St. Gallen group, was also made a bishop in 1976 under the reign of Cardinal Baggio. Both Hume and Martini were leading members of the progressive wing of the Catholic Church in Europe. They they consecutively headed the Influential Council of European Bishops Conferences from 1979 to 1983, when Pope John Paul II removed Cardinal Martini as head of the CCEE because they were trying to set up a parallel structures to Rome and thus undermine the authority of the Pope in Europe. They were already then pushing for the progressivist agenda. Father Ivo Fuhrer, the man who was later made bishop and who then organized in a more formal meetings of the St. Gallen Mafia Group from 1996 until 2006 during his episcopacy in St. Gallen, Switzerland, was also the secretary of the CCEE and from 1975 to 1995, for 20 years, he stated that Martini's book, Night Conversations with Cardinal Martini, pretty much summed up the positions of the St. Gallen Mafia group. Uh, that same cardinal was praised multiple times by Pope Francis. Pope Francis is an explicit disciple of Cardinal Martini. For example, not long after his papal election, Francis praised Martini in public, calling him prophetic, a father for the whole church, and a man of discernment and of peace. He once said, I'd like to remind you that Carlo Maria Martini also came from that Jesuit order, uh, somewhat uh, someone who is very dear to me and also to you. Well, the close here's... connection between... Yeah, go ahead, I Jess. just want to make... So we know that Cardinal Carlo Martini uh, is part of the St. Gallen's group. 
uh, he's a Freemason. Yeah. And uh, Pope Francis has nothing but the highest compliments and words of praise for him. That's a problem, Paul. Continue. <laughs> yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah. Uh, the close connection between Martini and Fuhrer can be seen in Fuhrer's own words. We came together for regular private uh, St. Gallen meetings with friends, uh, which Martini and I organized. The Swiss bishop explained, we invited bishops from different countries who, who suited us. Each time we were between eight and 10 persons and freely discussed all church matters. Martini once also commented on these meetings in St. Gallen. Fuhrer quoted Martini as saying, that there is no other meeting in the church where one can speak so freely and so personally as in St. Gallen. Hmm. Sounds like uh, they were drawing on personal experiences, Jess. Yeah. It just, uh, it's just, it's much just of a, what we discussed yeah. at the... It's just a meeting of dissenters, Paul. It's a meeting of modernist dissenters. Continue. Yeah. 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 Much of what we discussed at these meetings, the Swiss bishop continued... Uh, concluded, Martini worked in uh, into the book Night Conversations with Cardinal Martini. In 2018, Fuhrer stop published right, his stop own right memoir. There. Stop, stop right there. Stop right there. Paul, stop right yeah. there. It go, it, yeah. the, the title yeah. of that book shows you the hubris and arrogance of this man. Who the heck would write a book? Night Conversations with Jesse Romero. Night Conversations with Paul Clay. This guy thinks a whole lot of himself. <laughs> I mean, the title says everything you need to know about Cardinal Martini. Okay. Wow. This guy's the center of the world. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Night conversations with Cardinal Martini. What? That title says everything you need to know about him and the St. Gallen Mafia. The Catholic Church revolves around them and their modernist agenda. Continue, Paul. In 2018, Fuhrer published his own memoirs, Church in Changing Times. Uh, in this book, he describes how he, together with Cardinal Martini, engaged in an intense battle with Pope John Paul II about which direction the Catholic Church in Europe should be taking. The German journalist Julius Muller uh, Menigen wrote in depth about the St. Gallen group back in Where's Paul? <clears throat> Paul got cut off. Okay. He then quoted Cardinal Walter Casper, another member of the St. Gallen group who claimed, what Francis now tries to implement corresponds to a high degree to the thoughts that, that we at the St. Gallen group had at that time. <clears throat> and the journalist adds, the members of the former roundtable St. Gallen group have today a determining influence upon the agenda of the Catholic Church. Look, what that, look at that sentence. The members of the former round table, St. Gallen Group, have today a determining influence upon the agenda of the Catholic Church. Yep, we're seeing the St. Gallen Group uh, right now in living color over at the Synod and Synodality. We'll be right back. Jesus 911, stick around. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. I'm trying to see where that's at. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911 Soul Patrol. Father Charles Murr, there's an article here by LifeSite News. It's called St. Gallen Mafia Prelates Were Named by Suspected Freemason Cardinal Baggio. Thanks be to God yeah. to Father Charles Murr. We need to have uh, bulletproof vests and bodyguards around this guy because this guy is putting out such good information that we need to know. The Freemasons are, are uh, it, it, this is a Protestant, uh, you know, good old boys club, but it's nefarious. They have evil designs. They now have found a way. This is the Reformation that's continued. They know how to attack the Catholic Church now. They're not theological arguments like at the Reformation with Luther and Calvin and others. Now they've infiltrated the church because it's a satanic. The Freemasons, it's, it's a secretive, satanic, cult-like, anti-supernatural, philosophical fraternity of Protestants that's hostile to the Catholic Church. And if you want to know the three enemies of the church today, it's Masonry, Marxism, and Modernism. That's what we're up against right now. And uh, this is how the, the devil continues to attack the Catholic Church. He's doing it right now through Freemasonry. Let me pick up the article where we left off here. Uh, it says... The uh, without, without going into yeah, details, without going into the details on how the St. Gallen group helped get Jorge Bergoglio, now Pope Francis, elected Pope in 2013, that's for another day we'll talk about. After their earlier failed attempt at stopping Joseph Ratzinger's papal election in 2005, it is worth mentioning here that it was Cormac Murphy O'Connor, another Freemason, one of Baggio's appointed bishops and member of the St. Gallen group who's largely known to have played a key role in the election of Pope Francis. Several of these St. Gallen bishops had written to Jorge Bergoglio, who met the St. Gallen group when, uh, when being made cardinal at the, same t- at, the, at the same 2001 consistory as St. Gallen members Carlos Casper, Murphy O'Connor, Audrey's Joseph Bacchis, and Carl Lehman. These are all Judases in, 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 in bishops' mitres. A postcard from Rome right ahead of the 2005 conclave with these words, quote, we are here in the spirit of St. Gallen, close quote. Mm. That means that by 2005, Jorge Bergoglio was aware of that group and their larger plans. The conclave of 2005 had Jorge Bergoglio already leading right in right after Ratzinger, but it was due to a leak. It was due to a leak to the media and the revelations about the activities of the St. Gallen group that his election seems to have been thwarted. That was back in 2005. All this Mm -hmm. could mean that Pope Francis was collaborating and finally elected into the papacy by a group of modernist bishops and cardinals who were themselves picked by a man who was a Freemason. Several of the key members of the St. Gallen group, Silvestri, Silvestri, Daniels, and Martini, have been explicitly mentioned in various media as possible Freemasons. Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, a few years before he became Pope, once told a colleague of mine, Dr. Robert Moynihan, what he thought of the dangerous role of Freemasonry in the church. I asked the Cardinal, Robert Moynihan reported back in 2020, where the greatest danger to the authentic Catholic faith lies, is it in, is it in our own selves, our own sins and weaknesses, 
Is this what is the greatest danger to the church? Or is this something else? Some, some external enemy? Moynihan continued, Cardinal Ratzinger looked at Robert Moynihan and said, he looked at me directly in the eyes and then after a moment's pause, as if he were reflecting, he said, it is Freemasonry. Mm. Yes. Pick, it up, pick it up there, Paul. Yeah, uh, so much more research needs to be done, but Father Merck's comments and recent revelations can lead the way. Let us quote here again from his book on Freemasonry in the Vatican. Cardinal Sebastiano Baggio, prefect of the Sacred Congregation for Bishops since 1973, uh, decided who would and who would not become a bishop of the Roman Catholic Church. He chose these Episcopal candidates from the pool of half a million priests throughout the world. If, as Staffa and Odi uh, alleged, Sabatanio Baggio was the Freemason ambassador to the Holy See, the havoc he was in a position to wreak upon the universal church could cause irreparable damage. The bishops who had been nominated on his watch reflected Baggio's own liberal ideological views. Uh, Jess, right then and there, Let's just comment here real quick. Um, do you even need any more information here? I mean, these uh, this is evidence that demands a verdict. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The I mean, I mean, the breadcrumbs. I want to take my hats off to Father Charles Murr, who has put oh, yeah. his life in danger by writing this yeah. book and by doing these interviews. And, and, and writing yeah. these, he continues to write these articles. He keeps pushing this because he has all the evidence to back up what he's saying. Which, and that's what yes. we need. We need brave people like him. We need whistleblowers Absolutely. like him. Yeah. But yes, it, it reminds me of what's going on in our country today. You know, we have all these whistleblowers and nothing seems to, you know, res, you know, there, there's no results that come about, you know, from all of this stuff. Uh, you know, if anything, it's knowledge to, to explain what's going on in our church today. Where did this idea, these ideas come from uh, on the synod of synodality? You know, the church has been infiltrated. It has been, uh, there has been an attempt of a hostile takeover. And that's why it's important for all the listeners out there to realize we have to hold on and cling to the historic Catholic faith because it is under attack. And this is what God has called us to do in this generation is to defend Mother Church. Yeah, there's no nobody. Uh, nobody can take away your Catholic faith. They can take your money away. They can take your house away. They can take your car away. Yep. They can take your yep. bank account. Uh, they can throw you in a FEMA prison, but nobody can take <laughs> away your faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody. No, no. no. Uh, Again, because nobody, uh, that, that's something that's in the soul. That's something that's spiritual and man can't do anything to take it away. But uh, yes. go ahead and finish off this article, Paul. I got some comments when you finish it off. Okay. And as Father Murr reports, subsequent investigation in 1978 of the claims of Odie and Staffa against Baggio and his involvement with Freemasonry were authenticated and confirmed by Archbishop Giovanni Benelli. But neither Pope Paul VI nor Pope John Paul II took serious steps against Baggio. 
Murr then also quotes Cardinal Gagnon, uh, who was unsuccessful in trying to convince Pope Paul VI that he had to be uh, that he had to take action against Cardinal Baggio. Gagnon is quoted as saying, "The gravity of allowing Sebastiano Baggio, Cardinal and Freemason, to continue as prefect of the Sacred Congregation for Bishops was simply and completely intolerable." In a sense, we are living still with the consequences of that papal laxity towards ecclesial Freemasons, uh, ecclesial Freemasons as it seems. Could, uh, could it thus be that Pope Francis has been essentially elected by a group of cardinals and bishops who were picked by a Freemason cardinal, uh, picked by a Freemason cardinal, thus serving an agenda that stems out of Freemasonic ideas? Wow, I think yes. I think Father Murr makes the case. I'm convinced that that's exactly what's going on in the church right now. And if you want to see who the arch enemy of Freemasonry is, the Freemasons, of course, they're a satanic secret society, and they're committed solely to destroying the Catholic Church. Uh, and uh, this is why no Catholic, it, it, no Catholic is allowed. It's forbidden to associate or be a Freemason. Uh, yep. Let me read to you. A, a Freemasonic leaked article. It's on the internet. It's called Leaked Masonic Guidelines for the Destruction of the Catholic Church. It's in the internet. Leaked Masonic Guidelines for the Destruction of the Catholic Church. The website that put it out is knightsrepublic.com. Look at what the Freemasons say in their own words, okay? So this is a speech given by uh, Albert Pike, basically the American high priest of Freemasonry in the late 19th century, he gave this speech in 1889 to the high members of Freemasonry in France. Look at what Albert Pike says, quote, To the crowd, we must say, we worship a God, but it is the one adores without superstition. To you, sovereign grand inspectors, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st and 30th degrees. All of us initiates of the high degrees should maintain the Masonic religion in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. If Lucifer were not God, would Adonai, one of the Christians, whose deeds prove his cruelty, perfidy, and hatred of man, his barbarism and repulsion for science, would Adonai and his priests calumniate him? Yes. Lucifer is God, and unfortunately, Adonai is also God. Religious philosophy in its purity and truth consist in the belief in Lucifer, the equal of Adonai, but Lucifer, God of light and God of good, is struggling for humanity against Adonai, the God of darkness and evil. Okay, this is a speech by the highest ranking Freemason back in 1889 over in France. Again, it proves the point. The Catholic Church is the arch enemy of Freemasonry, and they worship Lucifer as God. That will not be revealed to you until the 30th, 31st, and 32nd degree. They'll say, by the way, the great architect that we've been praying to this whole time, yeah, yeah, the great architect. That's yeah. God, right? That's God. Now, yeah, yeah, it's Lucifer, yeah. buddy. You say, what? It's, it's Lucifer. Yes. Well, I can't be part of this no more. I want to I quit. No, you can't. You're in. You're all in now. Yeah, blood in, blood out. Listen, Jess, um, for those who may believe that this scheme is too far-fetched, 
a goal too hopeless for the enemy to attain uh, this infiltration by Freemasonry, by the way, it should be noted that both uh, Pope Pius IX and Pope Leo XIII asked the permanent asked that the permanent instruction uh, of the Alpha Vendita, which is uh, which was uh, uh, you know a, a group that was operating in Rome during that time, uh, uh, that it be published, no doubt, in order to prevent such a tragedy from taking place. However, in such a dark state of affairs. Uh, if such a dark state of affairs should ever come to pass, there would obviously be three unmistakable means of recognizing uh, uh, this Freemason infiltration into the church. Number one, it would produce an upheaval of such magnitude that the entire world would realize that there had been a major revolution inside the Catholic Church in line with modern ideas. It would be clear to all that an updating had taken place. Point number two. A new theology would be introduced that would be a contradiction to previous teaching. And point number three, the Freemasons themselves would voice their cock-a-doodle of triumph, believing that the Catholic Church had finally seen the light. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hold that thought. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, regarding the last topic, I I just want to quote uh, our friend Joshua Charles. He wrote the book, The War of the Antichrist. He says, Freemasonry is a catch-all term that describes the occult and Satanism. They want to separate nature from grace. That's why they wanted to separate church and state. Personally, when you separate nature from grace, you fall into sin and disorder. The essence of Freemasonry, communism and Satanism, is sola nature. They separate nature from grace. They're all materialist. Without grace, America will be lost. The restrainer is Christendom. The man of God is lawlessness. It's the church that gives us law and order. Uh, but again... This is why they've they already infiltrated Protestantism. They've infiltrated, infiltrated America. They've infiltrated most of yeah. Europe. Now they're infiltrating the Catholic Church. Yeah. So, Jess, uh, before we got uh, went to commercial break, I, I was uh, finishing up with point number three. Let me go ahead and just finish that. The Freemasons themselves would voice their cock-a-doodle tri- of triumph, believing that the Catholic Church had finally seen the light on such points as equality of religions, the secular state, pluralism, and what other, and whatever other compromises had been achieved. And that's, folks, what has happened uh, through this organization, uh, through erosion. You know, these guys are playing the long game. It's not the short game. Exactly. Drip by drip by drip by drip until finally what happens and everybody's seen the, the the images of a you know you you have a a storm or something that, that you know that that wiped away some of the hillside and and then at one day the house just tumbles over the side and that's exactly what's been going on in the Catholic Church. Uh, the good news, Jess, is this: they may have the buildings, they may have uh, the support of the world, but they don't have the faith. Right, and we and it, have the faith, and it and it's the it's your faith that saves you. 
It's your faith. Amen. It's not having the real estate. It's not having the the titles. It's not having the high yeah. offices. It's not having That's the right. uh, the chauffeurs and the cooks uh, and, the, and the butlers. It's having the faith. I want yeah. to talk now about Whoopi Goldberg, somebody else who's inserted her nose into Catholic uh, into the Catholic faith. So why is Whoopi Goldberg praising Pope John the Twenty Third, the Pope who called Vatican II, and why is she bashing the Latin Mass? The radical feminist comments after visiting Pope Francis were strange, considering her history of abortion and her contempt of the Catholic Church. Actress and noted left-wing active feminist. Whoopi Goldberg effusively praised Pope Francis for normalizing homosexuality during her visit to the Vatican earlier this month. She's Hmm. in the beginning stages of producing Sister Act 3, and a trip to Rome was apparently needed to gin up interest. Oddly enough, Goldberg thanked the late John XXIII, who died in 1963, for his efforts to change the church as well. This This is from Whoopi Goldberg. She says, quote, For me as a little kid... John the 23rd allowed the sisters to come out of the very heavy, big habits that they were wearing so that they looked like people, so you could talk to them, she told Vatican News. And she says, and he loved music that different people in different parts of the world were making, but were not sung in Latin. And for kids like me, he allowed us to do the Mass in English, which was great. It's hard to discern what Goldberg who attended Catholic school growing up, ever received from talking to habitless nuns. Apparently not much. Mm-hmm. Pick it up from there, Paul. Yeah. Um, in the choices we make. But yeah. In the choices we made, Goldberg revealed that she became pregnant at just 14 in the late 1960s, right around the time when her preferred English mass was being rolled out. What did she do when she found out she was with child? She performed a a back alley abortion. Goldberg also said she got pregnant the next year. Instead of going to a nun to seek the church's wisdom on the matter, she went to Planned Parenthood to obtain her second abortion. In total, Goldberg had more than five abortions before age 25. God gives you freedom of choice, she said. And this is the person Vatican News is holding up as a spokesperson for the Novus Ordo Mass. Uh, John the Twenty Third praised the Latin language, uh, complicating things for for Goldberg, as well as for the Vatican, is the oft-forgotten fact that in his 1962 Apostolic Constitution, Verum Sapientia, Pope John not only defended the church's use of Latin historically, but also called for its continued use in the future. Yes, he did. Uh, Of its very nature, Latin is most suitable for promoting every form of culture among peoples. It gives rise to no jealousies, he uh, he taught. The Catholic church has a dignity far surpassing that of every merely human society, It is altogether fitting, therefore, that the language it uses should be noble, majestic, non-vernacular. The apostolic see, he continued, has always been at pains to preserve Latin, deeming it worthy to be uh, of being used in the exercise of her teaching authority. All those quotes that all, all those quotes that you just read, Paul, were all from Pope John the Twenty Third. 
and they yeah, n- yeah. none of them have been heated. Pope John oh, for twenty third, he he did not call for the eradication of Latin. Yeah. You just quoted five uh, of of his statements from Veterum Sapientiae, and guess what? The yeah. modernists they could care less what a dead pope has to say if it goes against their agenda. They just disregard well, it. Well, you're absolutely right, Jess, because that's what they do. You see, if they like, uh, you know, a law, they'll quote it. If they don't like it, they'll ignore it. Exactly. That is that, that. Yeah, that's what happens when you have lawless people. When you have people who have an agenda, who are you know uh, uh, beginning to run things, they're pushing their agenda no matter what. Versus people who uh, want to preserve the faith, say you know it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God says. It matters what the church teaches. See, for us, that's our canon. That's our measuring rod. Uh, for the for the modernists, just they're they're they don't have a measuring rod. Their measuring rod is uh how their can feelings. I get it's my their, way? It's their yeah. feelings. Yeah. They they live yeah. by emotions, they live by their feelings. Yes. And 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 uh and, and all of them, their their ideology that they draw from is either Masonry, Marxism, or modernism. Paul, let yes. me just say, mention one thing before you continue the article. I just want to mention one thing about Whoopi Goldberg. Without a doubt. I mean, this woman's had several abortions and, 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 and five abortions and three divorces. Yeah. She's a deeply wounded soul. And, and it comes yes. out in the way she speaks. I yes. can tell you this because I've been involved in healing, deliverance, and exorcism for many years. Uh, most women that, are, that end up becoming, they come to the doorstep of a Catholic church as a result of being possessed or diabolically afflicted at a high level. 99% of them have been diabolically afflicted through sexual sin and abortion. Without a doubt, mm. Whoopi Goldberg is a powerful voice for the culture of death, which is Luciferian. Without a doubt, she is diabolically afflicted. Uh, no con- doubt about it, Jess. Continue. And you know, Jess, yeah. but, uh, one quick question. I'm wondering, where was the, the, the concern for her soul? When she went to the Vatican, I mean, she's talking to uh, over there with the successor of Peter. Why? You know what I mean? Uh, anybody, you know, should be aware of her background. I mean, she hasn't hit it. Right. Right. Uh, Jess, this like you said, this woman is deeply wounded. Where was the the paternal care or, you know, or, or the appeal to her to to come to Christ? It wasn't there, Jess. I didn't hear it. Did you? No, and 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 those men that have had contact with her, uh, they'll pay for it at at the judgment seat of Christ. You had Whoopi Goldberg in your presence, and she was totally internally destroyed and given over to a life of mortal sin. And you didn't minister to her. You didn't try yes. to bring her the faith. Boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be uh, I'd hate to be the prelates that have encountered Whoopi Goldberg, and uh, and stand before Christ and. Uh, didn't even try to reach out to her. Here's another thing yeah. I'll say, Paul, is that what's interesting is that Pope Francis, this is this is par for the course. He meets with Hollywood actors. He meets with big tech billionaire CEOs. He meets with World Economic Forum oligarchs. He meets with yeah. big pharma oligarchs. He meets with professional athletes. He he meets with new New World Order mobsters. Most, by the way, most of whom are not Catholic, but he will he will not meet 
with Orthodox, faithful Catholic cardinals and bishops. He snubs them like they're irrelevant mosquitoes that are annoying him. Um, hmm. But amongst, amongst faithful, high-information Catholics, just like our audience, uh, you know, uh, I do, we, we just yawn when he speaks or writes and simply disregard yeah. and resist when he teaches opinions that are erroneous and go against the, the deposit of faith. I just yawn and I just uh, say, nothing to see here, move on. I'm going to keep on believing and doing and practicing what the Catholic Church has always taught, not the opinions of a Pope that's broken rank with 266 Popes. Hmm. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Goldberg has been divorced three times in her many public appearances over the past four decades. She has viciously attacked the church's teaching on teachings on abortion, same-sex marriage, and a number of other topics. On The View this week, she spoke about her meeting with Francis. Predictably, she remarked that it didn't change her mind. I don't know that it's going to jump me back into the church, she said. But what it what it did was I feel better because I feel like somebody up there likes me. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. In other words, her time at the Vatican made her feel warm and fuzzy on the inside, but did little to cause her to reconsider the faith she was taught in her youth. This sort of reaction shouldn't be surprising. Francis has said repeatedly he approaches all of his meetings with non-Catholics in this way, seeking their conversation, uh, Convert, see, seeking their, uh, yeah, seeking their conversion is not something that enters his mind. Wow. Just like I was saying, wow. um, yeah, Jess, we listen. the The primary mission for the church is to uh, to go out, preach the gospel, save souls. To you know, that is the goal. That is our goal as Catholics. I, how do you how do you sit there and have a conversation with somebody who is, you know, uh, an influencer for all things really satanic, really? Uh, who you know, and and not and not have had a private conversation with her about repentance? Wow. Hey, Richard, are we up against the clock? I'm looking. I, I think we are. Richard. Okay, I'll keep on talking. Yeah, it didn't go off. Okay, so we're it's a we're on break right now, right? Okay, all right, moving right along. <laughs> we just talked through the break. <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, oh, hold on. Now I hear the music. Next on the rundown, we're going to talk about the Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem. He offers to be exchanged for hostages held by Hamas. I have a few comments to make about that. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. By the way, this, uh, let me see, let me, let me take a look at this. Yeah, this Saturday, the 28th, 
just want to just invite people. Uh, there's two men's conferences in California, so anybody out there in California that wants to go to a good men's conference, there's a men's conference in uh, St. Kateri Catholic Church in Santa Clarita, the city of Santa Clarita, uh, that's from 8 to 4. Uh, Boss Rutten, the, the, the UFC legend, is going to be one of the speakers. Boss Rutten is uh, on the US, uh, UFC Hall of Fame, one of the greatest fighters in UFC. He's a, he's a serious Catholic serious catholic uh he's going to be giving a talk there and so is my brother johnny so it's going to you're going to get some full contact catholicism this weekend those men that attend the uh men's conference at saint kateri catholic church in santa clarita it's from 8 a.m to 4 p.m all you got to do is go to uh, saint kateri's uh website and uh you can get all the information there also i'm doing a men's conference over in Modesto, California, this Saturday. So I'll be in Modesto, California this Saturday. That's October 28th as well from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's at Our Lady of Fatima Church in Modesto. If you want more information, you can go to my website and I'll be doing that conference with John Sablon, a well-known Catholic lay speaker uh, who's a young guy who's... In fact, a lot of people say he's the young Jesse Romero. They always call him, you're like a young Jesse Romero. Yeah, I'm about 25 years older than him, so... Maybe he is the young Jesse Romero. He's a he's a solid guy, well formed, orthodox, TLMer, uh, and uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, he's he's got a lot of fire in his belly to preach the gospel. He knows apologetics. He's a good man. So Paul, let's talk about now the Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem. He wants to exchange himself for hostages held by Hamas. I was talking to a couple of very high information men the other day. They were saying, Jess, why does he keep saying this? All he has to do is walk about 100 yards and he can cross the border and turn himself into Hamas. Uh, why does he keep say, making these interviews and putting this stuff out? He could just be like Christ. There's no cameras on him. There was no uh, YouTube on him. Jesus, j- Jesus just did what he did for the sins of the world and he did it from conviction. He did it because it was the Father's plan but I, I don't know. Some friends of mine said, Jess, I think this cardinal is grandstanding. And I was taken aback by that statement. But uh, there's something to that. Because I do know in the Catholic Church, there is a tradition. I know back in the 11th and 12th century when, uh, when um, Islam took over Barcelona, Spain, you had Catholics back then that they embarked on on missions to rescue Catholic hostages from Muslims. Uh, You got two great men that founded orders. One was named Teoboldo and the other one, Fernando. Teoboldo founded the order called the Mercedarians. And Fernando founded the order, the Trinitarians. Both of these two religious orders, their only purpose was to raise money to ransom Catholic captives. And they personally went on ransoming missions, uh, you know, in Morocco and in, in Tunis and in other, in other Muslim places. They went, some, they went to redeem Catholic prisoners. Oftentimes, they would substitute themselves, these Mercedarians and Trinitarians, they would substitute themselves for the Catholics that were held captive. Uh, and so there is a Catholic tradition of Catholics doing this. In fact, there's even another Catholic named St. Raymond Nonatus, who was, who was another uh, individual, a holy man back in the Middle Ages. Uh, he, was, 
he would preach incessantly to Islam and he would preach incessantly about, uh, you know, letting go of his Catholic brothers. And he was also imprisoned by Muslims. Uh, and, 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 and on one of his punishments, here's what the Muslims did to St. Raymond Onatus. Uh, talk about an unusual punishment because he would preach the gospel boldly to them. What they did is they had his lips shut with an iron padlock. They made a hole on the top lip. They made a hole in the bottom lip. They put an iron padlock and they shut him in a prison with an iron padlock because this man was a fearless preacher of Jesus Christ to Islam. Now I'm going to tell you something. I don't know any Catholic or Protestant today that would be willing to go that far. Say, if you keep talking about Mm. Jesus, I'm going to put a padlock in your mouth. Uh, This is the type of of blood that runs in Catholic veins and Catholic souls. And by the way, St. Raymond Donatus, he endured eight months in prison before they eventually let him out. They were so impressed by this man's boldness and bravery, he would not capitulate on his faith in Christ that they finally let him out in eight months. Paul, what's your take about the Cardinal that he keeps on, you know, putting this out that he's going to, he wants to exchange himself for the children being held in the Gaza Strip by Hamas. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Jess, but I, I can tell you because I definitely don't know what his what his heart is. Uh, but um, you know, one reason for his hesitation might be, well, hey, I, I want to make sure and ensure that you know Hamas releases some of the captives, you know, before I exchange myself. If he just goes strolling yeah. over the border, that, that makes would just sense. Be one more, yeah, that would be one more hostage that they would have. So I'm not gonna, you know. Uh, purport to know you know what his heart is on whether he's grandstanding or not right but, right uh, uh but but i do know also like you said the uh, the trinitarians and the mercedarian uh, friars um they they exchanged themselves for other christians why because uh you know uh they as a matter of fact just um uh, i heard that uh some of those uh, uh priests were actually on the boats with Columbus as he came to the Americas, just in case they ran into some uh, Christians that needed ransoming. But um, so, um, you know, I don't really, you know, have a whole lot to say on him other than, uh, you know, uh, you know, God bless him for, you know, you know, feeling so strongly about wanting them released um, that he'd be willing to, to give his own life. Uh, and possibly in exchange. Uh, we yeah, can yeah, you're, go ahead and look you're, at... You're, we, we don't know his heart, but I'll tell you one thing. If you want to know who the ultimate, the ultimate uh, person who gave himself up as a kinsman redeemer, Amen. that's the Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so this cardinal from uh, the Patriarch of Jerusalem, the Mercedarians, St. Raymond Onatus, uh, the Trinitarians... All of these people that have been embarked in this type of apostolic work, they have imitated the Lord Jesus Christ in his ransom. He gave his life as a ransom for many. To ransom who? The family of God. That's us. He's the Jesus Christ is the eldest brother in the family of God. And only Christ in Christ alone uh, can give himself 
as the kinsman redeemer for the entire human race because only Amen, Jesus brother. Christ is all holy. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. Only Jesus Christ is sinless. Only Jesus Christ is divine. And it takes the God-man. It takes God and man to save man. Why can Jesus save the human race? Because he's God and he's man at the same time. Jesus Christ touches heaven and he touches earth. And so what was required to redeem and ransom the human race was the God-man. Nobody else fits the bill. Nobody else could have ransomed and redeemed us. And let's not forget that the world can take everything from us. Your car, your house, your bank account. And who knows, they may even try. But guess what? The only thing that can't, they can't take away from us is our faith in Jesus Christ. Even though we could sit in a jail cell like St. Raymond Nonatus with a padlock in your mouth, a hole in your upper lip and a hole in your bottom lip and a padlock for eight months. And guess what? They couldn't break him. You know what? That same Holy Spirit that he has, we've received that same Holy Spirit and baptism and have been strengthened. What's that same Holy Spirit in confirmation? That same Holy Spirit will give us the courage and the boldness to, 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 to withstand any tribulation or persecution that may be coming our way. All I have to say is, as long as you've got Jesus Come what may. Yes, just, you know, just there are some out there that may uh, accuse you of being rather extreme, Jess. <laughs> but I'll tell you, listen, uh, it was that same extreme uh, uh, um, spirit that caused the, the first century Christians uh, to endure the persecutions that they endured. Uh, when thrown to the Roman circus in the Colosseum, uh, just this desperate times require desperate measures. Okay, this is not a time to be, uh, you know, handling things lightly. Uh, time is short. Uh, we need to uh, really, really, really focus on the on the teachings of the faith. We need to cling because there are, right now there are so many. Uh, Jesus said himself, people's love will grow cold, okay? But uh, uh, that's what we see going on right now. He's speaking Amen. about the church. Many people's love is growing cold. That's right. And by the way, tonight I'm going to be giving a talk at Our Lady Guadalupe Church here in, here in Quick Creek, Arizona, on how parents should be praying for their children. The theology of a father praying over his children what happens when a dad lays his hand on his children? If you want to find out the power that God has given the priests of the home, come tonight, 7 o'clock, Our Lady Guadalupe Church, Queen Creek, Arizona. That's a wrap. We're done. Two-man car. We are out. EOW, end of watch. Up next, you're going to hear more from Hands-On Apologetics, Gary Machuda. As for me and Paul Clay, 10-7, out of service for now. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep America great again. And pray America great again, Catholics. Pray America great again.